This is Mike Roth. Welcome to Open Forum in the Villages. In this show, we're going to talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs, interesting folks who live in the villages, to give a perspective of what's happening here in the villages and information that I think all villagers should have. We hope to add a new episode every Friday at 9 a.m. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Ellie Decker. Thanks for joining us, Ellie. Thank you. Ellie is currently running for the North Sumter County Utilities District. North Sumter County Utility Dependent District, also known as NSCUD. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) She's currently on the Sumter County Library Advisory Board. And, and she's an alternative member for the Architectural Review Committee. In what district? I represent District 7 as an alternate or a city there once a month, mm-hmm. and then sub as needed, and I can sub for You can sub for any district, mm-hmm. even though the rules are different in different districts. Uh, yeah, the book is about four inches thick. It's a big three-ring binder, and, and there's little district tabs, and so you have to go to the tabs and be a quick study. Okay. So... Ellie, you and your husband lived on the Gulf of Mexico in southwest Florida, and you kind of reversed snowbirds and you moved north to the villages. Correct. So we lived the longest in Kansas, originally retired to Minnesota, Florida, which is a barrier island, and uh, during the summer to escape, you know, humidity and, you know, just get away, we would go on little road trips, usually to the national parks. And we would always end up in the village, two sets of cousins, and we would, you know, rent a home. And then we liked it well enough that we bought a little villa in Dunedin, District 10. And then we sold them both, the beach condo and the little villa, and bought a home here because we love it. And we live here year-round. So what year was it that you moved to the villages? Oh, my goodness. Well, t- the first time. T- which, yeah. So I think we bought in 2015, and then we bought our place in Dunedin in, what was that, a couple of years ago? And then we bought our permanent year-round home here last year. Okay. So you've had some experience here. Yes. I'm curious about your serving as an alternate on the Architectural Review Committee. Did you have a situation where you actually could cast a vote that counted? Uh, yes. It's a big circle with a, about a dozen people if they show up. Uh-huh. Um, you know, to have a quorum. The public is welcome. Frequently, homeowners or contractors show up. It's led by a chairperson. Mm -hmm. There's a long agenda. Frequently, we have 100 in season that we have to go through, and uh, it moves pretty quickly. It's like a game where the person who can find, you know, whether to pass, fail, the application first kind of wins. And what they're really looking for is protecting your neighbor's property lines. So, for example, your Talk of the villagers was, could you put a metal roof on a house in the village? Can you put a metal roof? Um, yeah. Replace the shingles. Um, generally speaking, the roofing is, um, they try to make it look as much like the original. Mm-hmm. So, you can I cannot get, give you a definitive, but I think with all probability. Yeah. So they do have some metal that looks like shingles. Most of it is about appearance. If it's keeping the water out and off your head and uh, doesn't bother the neighbors, you know, most of the ARC stuff is complaint-driven. If they, they don't go after and a lot of the things that are really handled, county, or I'm sorry, villages, compliance department, mm-hmm. are not the same things as what the ARC does. We usually are looking at uh, roofing, 
landscaping, awnings, flagpole, and large oak trees removal. Yeah. Um, and so the contest is who can read the blueprint the fastest to see if somebody's in an easement. <laughs> that makes it a little enjoyable if I more enjoyable if I think it's a game. Yeah. I've lived in uh, deed restricted communities for many, many years before coming here and uh, really never had a problem with them. Although some of the people in this in the villages with the little white crosses really ticked me off. Yeah, I investigated that recently because we just figured that everybody was burying their dogs in the <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, Oh, okay, this is a protest. A protest? Well, or a, a point. They're making you know, they we're putting our cross out because somebody else got in trouble for doing it. Yeah. So So Ellie, I like to start every show with a joke that we started a new club here in the village is called Boomer Humor. And you're probably too young for this joke, but that's okay. I'm not giving my age on a recording. Okay. And <laughs> I'm getting very close to Can't be. Okay. So uh, how does the, you lived on the ocean or near the ocean out in the Keys area. Uh, how does the ocean say hi? I don't know. How does the ocean say hi? It waves. Oh, I get it. <laughs> okay. Every show has got to have a joke in it. Okay. So we were talking about the architectural review committee. And you said it's a, it's a board of about 12 people? Well, depending on how many show up. Um, so they want as many people. They've had issues with quorum before, and if they have over 100 applications to get through and they don't quorum, they have to wait and do 200 the next week. Mm -hmm. So um, so it meets every week? It meets every week on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. at uh, uh, right by between Johnny Rocket and Starbucks at Lake Sumter Lake Lake Sumter Lake, yeah. Nine eight. It's upstairs. And Everybody's welcome. Contractors and residents come. Neighbors and people have with um, contractors and neighbors have to be sworn that they're mm -hmm. telling. And so it's handled much like any other meeting. You've got a chairman and he runs it. He has a gavel. We vote. So on average, if you have 200 applications that you're attempting to cover in a week, how many are rejected? Oh, not very many. And I've never had to tap. Thankfully, I've done usually 10. Okay. Um, but I was surprised how few are. Over five? That's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and how long have you been working with the Architectural Review Committee? Uh, I'm fairly new. I did that in 20. Uh, I'm still fairly new. Uh, mm -hmm. I had to go through four weeks of training. I got, you know, the big training manual. And I had to attend and run the computer. There's a big projection for four meetings. Mm -hmm. It's reading blueprint staff and saying that Hoffinger's property. Mm -hmm. And let's let's change the subjects and talk for a little bit about what the NSCUD group does here in the villages. Okay, so the North Sumter County Utility meets at Seabreeze at 3 p.m. once a month, except in May when they do it twice a month. There's a budget, mm -hmm. and that budgeting is coming. Um, there are representatives for the districts that you know have a chairman. The county sits on one side of elected NSCUD or appointed SCUD members who are not paid. They're volunteer, but they are elected. So you're, you're running for this book? I'm running for it. It's not, and it's no party. And, so, and how many seats are there on the NSCUD board? Uh, I think it's approximately about seven. About mm -hmm. seven. So the people who will see me on the ballot live between 466 and 46A. Mm -hmm. And I'll be representing District 7, which is seat. Okay. And so, I do live in So that's a, a kind of a limited area. It is a limited area. And, and, tell, and tell our listeners what NSCUD really does. Well, you're, you're 
asking somebody who is running to be on that board. So I, I have a tendency to find flaw with that board. Uh, the last meeting I went to, I that they examined water quality works well enough. Uh, it was on their agenda, it was there, and I felt they were basically ignored, not taken seriously. So I, I think that's a problem. I'm very, very good to go over vulnerable people, and that includes senior citizens. And I believe, you know, our drinking water is is extremely essential. It's a basic necessity. And so senior citizens, to me, have worked their whole life, paid taxes their whole life. Some of them have served our country. And, you know, they deserve to have a nice retirement. Mm -hmm. And they deserve to be protected. Mm -hmm. And so um, while the village's water quality reports were good, mm -hmm. um, I, I felt uncomfortable that they were not while they were on the agenda, they were discussed. And there are things I know about those quality reports that I learned in Charlotte County and um, the studying that I did down there um, that I think I can make a big contribution. It's my, my wheelhouse, basically. My first question is, why would the board need three different water quality reports? Oh, well, they're different areas. So there's one specifically for that, hmm. you know, and then there's one for in central area. And then there's a third area. So it's it's where they're testing. Three different testing stations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're led to believe here in the villages that the water quality is just fine and you don't need a filtration system or a water softener. And then the companies that sell those products can try to convince new villagers or new homeowners that that's exactly what they need because the water quality is so poor. I get this question a lot. Uh, is the village, you know, is the village's water good? Here's my answer. You can drink straight from the tap in the villages, and it is not going to make you sick or kill you. There is no water that is absolutely good. And we've got all these people moving in from all 50 states plus territories. And as you know, if you've ever traveled, water tastes a little different wherever you go. Our water also tastes a little different here, primarily because of the salinity. And in my humble opinion, uh, Florida has a lot of phosphorus in the soil. We pull the water up from the upper uh, aquifer. It's mostly from well, uh, wells pulling up from the upper aquifer. And um, it is slightly hard. If you get a lot of white around your faucets, um, it may be harder than maybe the next village over. So if so, Rich, my husband and I do use a water filter because we like it to taste better mm -hmm. and because we know too much. <laughs> but yeah, the water safety through definitely and it passes all the water quality reports and tests that are set forth by the US EPA and the Florida D. So short answer, yes, you can drink the tap water. Will you enjoy it? Probably not from this area. Mm -hmm. And virtually nobody is. Right. right. I know I put in uh, reverse osmosis. <laughs> Which is the best. That is the gold standard. Mm -hmm. Uh, what what is it about water quality that you think we need to be more concerned with here in Florida and specifically here in the villages? Well, Florida, we'll start with Florida as a state um, has a very low sea level. Where we lived on Minnesota Key, the sea level was 10, and that was in the middle of the street where the hump was. Mm -hmm. So you're you've got a situation where there's saltwater intrusion. You have to in addition to that, our soil is very heavily phosphate. It's it's phosphorus. In fact, phosphorus mining uh, that is sold as fertilizer. Fertilizer. Nitrogen is the it, first number. Oh, isn't well, it? Uh, it might be nitrogen. So nitrogen and phosphorus and, and potassium are on the back. Mm -hmm. 
Well, add to that all of the population, and that increases the nitrogen, mm-hmm. and which is sewage. So um, I have to say one good thing about the village as a whole. We do, from what I have studied, we keep the water on our property. I mean, I don't work for the villages, but I'm talking about our town, municipality of the villages. We don't send our stuff down river, and I can't say that for everybody. Okay, mm-hmm. so we don't pollute our neighbors, and I love that because mm-hmm. where we came from in South Florida, we had a problem with. And um, I help to um, keep an eye on not just the water management districts, but also on legislation that went through the state house to get appropriations to help convert some of the septic tank homes onto sewer because those septic tanks were running into the waterways. Yeah, yeah. so the villages does not send stuff downriver. All of our retention ponds all over the place, they're full of rainwater, which is stormwater, and also affluent or partially treated um, wastewater, um, and they never smell, so that's excellent. That was my first, because we have a, you know, is this going to smell? And But we've never smelled. Hmm. We have lots of, so I feel pretty good about about well, that portion. Well, people's sense of smell varies with the person. Yes, it does. And I know I can smell things that my wife can't. And, and yes, that's sometimes true. Sometimes I, I smell things that are unpleasant. I took a tour of the Benita wastewater treatment mm-hmm. plant, and the person giving the tour, who was very knowledgeable, said, every once in a while you will smell because we're changing a valve or we're doing a maintenance uh, that's scheduled. Mm-hmm. And so occasionally there's a smell, but it's, it's never been on purpose. I mean, it's never been accidental. It's always on purpose because they're... Yeah. And, and the other issue that I've heard, and I know I've had here, is the reclaimed water which is used for the irrigation Golf water. courses. Uh, there were two things. When it, the water hits the house, it leaves a red stain. And the second thing is, unless you have a filtration system on your irrigation water, the hunter aerators clog up with things that look like snails. I have heard about snails. Little, tiny snails. Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> welcome to Florida. I have seen you know bumper stickers that say WTF. Welcome to Florida. Florida is very tropical, and we had to contend with rust down on Manasota Key all the took the salt water. Mm-hmm. People were replacing their air conditioning condensers every five years. They'd rust out. You get your bicycle outside. Uh, so there, it is a little different here than most parts of the United States. We're, we've got by you know really high moisture levels in the air everything is so very alive you know the plants uh, trees and the flowers it's just a and the snails and we get a lot of stuff we so, get alligators we get birds we well, get it all i was just talking specifically about the reclaimed water used for the irrigation mm-hmm. system yes if you have a garden do not use your sprinkler system try to use your faucet that's attached to the house mm-hmm. and your water hose if you use the irrigation system you're using reclaimed water and you want to bring in your vegetables and wash them very thoroughly hands as well mm-hmm. yeah reclaimed water is not um potable not safe to or eat okay is it filtered yeah. uh i don't know what the total filtration system is for you know each specific um home because some people will mess around with their their um their sprinkler system and add or remove the, the little filters in there I think generally they're they come without filters here. 
I think but that's I, a, that's, I have just heard that through the grapevine. I, I, don't know I, I personally have. Yes, I think I've changed about. You're the person I heard it from. <laughs> yes, and uh, I can understand why the vendor would have left them out because more water will, will flow until they get clogged and then they have to be removed and either cleaned, which sometimes works, or be replaced. But yeah, cleaning the filters and changing the most expensive of uh, wastewater and potable water and wastewater treatment. Um, one of the reasons why you can step up to advanced wastewater treatment, and that's really good, but there's advanced wastewater treatment with reverse osmosis, and that is extremely expensive. In fact, most places never use it because they afford it. I know Sarasota looked in, which mm-hmm. is a very, very, and they couldn't have because just changing those filters all the time is, you know, it's just not cost effective. Right. It would tax the population. But uh, yeah, water quality is definitely a passion of mine. Uh, Erin Brockovich showed up down at Fort Myers with cyanobacteria. She told people to watch the radials, and I have noticed on our village's water quality reports that we are checking, so I was glad to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I understand that uh, radium is released in the mining of phosphates. Mm-hmm. That's why in the south portion of Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to uh, your involvement with the library board. <laughs> the library board. Most people wouldn't think of getting involved with the library board. Well, Why did you do I, that? I have always loved libraries. I love going into libraries I choose from. I really like them when they're covered in wood panels or have a neat staircase. But uh, the library board here had a few surprises for me. Uh, one of the first things that happened was I started going into, well, I was already using the Nellis. And, um, That's I a beautiful started, library. Pardon me? It's a beautiful library. Yes, it is, and very well equipped. So uh, I've been using the Pinellas Library. And starting in about 2020, when the George Floyd riots and peaceful protests both started, uh, I started noticing that either a volunteer or an employee was putting on the end caps and on the plate racks um, some uh, controversial type books that were leaned definitely towards um, the far, far left or, you know, what I guess some people call the woke. But anyway, um, you know, that's understandable when it's like Martin Luther King and it's February and there's there's books there that are talking about, you know, civil rights. You know, that's understandable. But this started becoming increasingly bad where the last book I put back on the shelf was called something start being rude or stop being nice or, you know, just, you know, some really, I don't know, inciting less than peaceful and tranquil life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I just put them back where they belong and I put something neutral out. I don't put anything right wing out or left wing. I just put something out neutral like a cookbook. Now you're doing yeah. that as a private citizen. As a private citizen. I haven't been caught yet, but as of this <laughs> podcast, I may you have just found a seat. So now you have blackmail material. Uh, I just think it ought to be kind of neutral and put out one side, put out another, you know, or just keep it neutral. It just got really bad. And then I started uh, noticing that, uh, well, the the library liaison or the employee library administrator said if a book is out for two years that, you know, it's taken off the shelf. Well, I noticed that I had picked up a, on purpose, a right wing book. Mm-hmm. And when I returned it, it never came back to the shelf. And I'm still looking for it. So I did a little experiment. You took, you, I think you there's took a, the book out. I, I checked it out as a, as a you know, 
library card holder. Okay, and then you brought it back to the library. And I brought it back to the library, and it never reappeared on the shelf. Well, that that could mean so it's it been be taken anything. out by. Uh, another patron no, of the library. No, when you go to the computer, it says it's there. So when you go to look on the computer to say, oh, I'm looking for this author, I'm looking for this book, uh, it'll tell you that which library you can find it at. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's supposed to be a copy there, and it's not there. So I'm still looking for it. And so I'm, that's, I, I just think we have somebody that's either volunteering or working within our library that um, they're welcome to their political opinion, of course, but I'm very neutral moderate kind of person. I have both independent Democrat and Republican. Well, I had one experience with the library here. I was looking for a copy of Spoon River Anthology, hardcover, and it wasn't available at the Pinellas Library. And they said that it was in some some other library. It's a book that probably was worth $250. Nice. It's a nice hardback. It was a limited number of editions of were printed. And they said that they'll get it for me. A couple of weeks later, I get a uh, email. My book is in. I go down, and they had it. I was just as pleased as punch. Oh yeah, it's, we have a really good library. You can check out hotspots. Let's say you don't have internet, you want to just plug it into your laptop and mm -hmm. have instant Wi-Fi. Check those out. We have um, online e-reading that's free. We have both Hoopla and Access 360. Yeah, the the library is excellent and. The reference librarians are amazing. Gone in to ask questions. They are very, very knowledgeable. I just think we have one person who's going a little bit too far in one direction. Right. In in, in New York, where I grew up, if you couldn't tell from my accent, toity toity toity, we had libraries that had basements, and they and there were stacks and stacks of books in the basement. Mm -hmm. In the college, it was the same way. There were a few some books that were out on the shelves, but when you went to the showing my age, the Three by five index card file, <laughs> and you got the Dewey Decimal number. Right. You brought that on a slip of paper <laughs> the to the librarian, and they would send send that down to the basement, and someone would come back up with your book. Uh, here in in our area in Sumter County, where are the stacks of the books that aren't on on the open shelves? Oh well, um, I think it's the Lake Panasofsky location that carries or and has the most books. I think really there's a lot of storage. Oh, storage. And, you know, just more books. Okay, so that what, they have a warehouse behind the... Oh, not that I'm aware of. And this is just with the library liaison, mm -hmm. you know, for the county. She said that's where most of the books are. Interesting. Interesting. Good. Uh, Ellie, do you have anything else that you'd like to tell the folks here in the village? Uh, yes, if you're going to see me on your ballot, if you live between 46A, please vote for me, Ellen. Quotation marks, L.A. Decker, I believe, ballot. Mm -hmm. So um, I do know what I'm talking about when it comes to utilities. Barely touch the surface of water and wastewater. And the job would include, you know, overseeing Havana uh, waste to energy, you know, that yes. trash pickup, all of that stuff. And I have done my home. You have experience. So I think I just, the guy I'm running against, I don't know him. He did not put out a candidate statement. Uh, I'm not running because a bad person or it has something that has to do with that. This is my wheelhouse. This is a way for me to serve. This is a way for me to protect my fellow citizens, the seniors. And it's just a way for me to, to serve, honestly. Good. I do feel that calling. Good. Thanks, Ellie, for joining me today on Open Forum in the Villages. Thank and you. And if you'd like to hear more of this interview, 
make sure you become a subscriber and listen to the bonus content. Remember, our next episode will air live next Friday at 9 a.m. Or I should say pre-recorded, but that's when it's going to be released. Should you want to become a sponsor of the show, contact me at mike at rothvoice.com. If you know someone that you think should be on the show, contact me via the same email address. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyright by Roth Voice, all rights reserved.